0: It's time, it's time, time time to get in the zone, time to get in the zone with the 49ers Web Zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian.
2: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Odyssey Sports 49ers Web Zone, No Huddle Podcast. I am Brian Rennick. I am joined by the one and only Al Sacco, Mr. Zane Nakfi, will be joining us shortly after his computer unfreezes. Normally... Zane would be given this intro because it is a victory Monday, but because of that computer issue, I went ahead and did it mainly because I was at that game this past Sunday. What an experience, what a game, so many storylines, so many things to talk about today. We've got a jam packed uh, episode, 45 minutes to get a lot in. Uh, Al, I was at the game. You obviously watched the game on TV. Uh, First thoughts, my friend, what what stood out to you and uh, outside of, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo?
1: I mean, where else do you start? Where else can you start? And I think we could probably spend the next 45 minutes talking about the quarterback situation now for the 49ers. Seemed on the surface like a nightmare scenario again. And I'm not here to say anything negative about Jimmy Garoppolo. I've said on the show the past few weeks that how much I respect what he's done. How much he's how he's taken an awkward situation, and how much he's shown toughness, and this sucks, man, because it was it was a redemption story, right? It was a redemption story of someone who was kind of put out the past year, and we don't want you, and treated poorly, and he came out and he was having the best season of his career, really, and it sucks for him, and you hate it for him, and you hate it for the team, and you hate it for the fans because this looked like a Super Bowl team, man. And maybe it still is. We'll talk about that, but things were look starting to go really well. And the defense was playing great and Jimmy was playing great. And then this happens. And you know, again, with Garoppolo, he's a tough guy, Brian. We we've said this, Jimmy is a tough guy. Absolutely. He played last year through a a shoulder injury. Excuse me. He played through a thumb injury. He will, when he can physically play, he plays. However, He's had three very serious injuries over the past now in the past five years that have cut his season short an ACL injury, a uh, high ankle sprain. And now this year, he, he, what looks like, like a foot break. Um, Kyle Shanahan said, they're still, he's still seeing specialists and we'll see exactly what it is, but that's what it looks like it is. And and for the third time in five years, his season is done and the Niners are in a rough spot largely because of it. And again, I'm not blaming him. These, He's got it rolled up on. That's not his fault. Yeah. But you can be really tough and be injury prone at the same time. And and Jimmy is both those things. Jimmy's a tough guy. He's also an injury prone guy. And part of the reason the Niners moved on from him or tried to or wanted to was because through the last three years when they had done it, the season's ended prematurely because he was hurt. And now again, he's hurt again. Well, the guy they brought in to replace him is hurt too. The guy they brought in to replace him has had three injuries since he started here. Yeah. So the snake bent situation, it's a frustrating situation. I, I hope Jimmy, because again, I'm again, I, I I was on the Jimmy train because of what he showed me, how he proved himself, how he handled the situation. I, I was behind him. He had earned a lot of respect with me. And I hope he goes, I, I think he's played his last game as a 49er because now I think you're in a situation where. This is three out of five years. The same thing has happened again. I'm not saying it's his fault. Again, he got rolled up on, but we're in the same situation. And even last year, he was playing hurt, and he wasn't as good as he could have been because of the injury. So you're, now you're talking maybe four the last five years. If you have a healthy quarterback at the end, what if? And they don't so he's probably gonna go elsewhere he's probably gonna start somewhere next year because i think i think you're in that this year but yeah. it, again it's just it's it's a punch in the gut for everybody involved and, and i do wish him wish him the best and our fan base sanity the best as well
2: <laughs> well and and honestly the hardest part i think for me is the fact that right before this game ian rapaport has a report that the 49ers and jimmy garoppolo are talking and are open to jimmy garoppolo returning to the 49ers in 2023 and hours later his season ends, and you know I asked Barrows when he was on on Thursday, "Do you see this team bringing Jimmy Garoppolo back?" And essentially, his answer was, "If they win the Super Bowl, I think they bring him back. Outside of that, I don't think that they will." And and now here we are, right? We're we're here again. We're here with uh, a quarterback who has is thirty one years old and has completed one season in in his NFL career. One. And what happened in that season, they went to the Super Bowl and they lost. But you just feel for a guy and it's like these aren't it's not because he's reckless. It's not because he's, you know, he's a running quarterback and he keeps getting, you know, hurt running the ball or whatever. They are literally freak accidents. They are, you know, an ankle gets rolled up on. He gets slammed to the turf and a a shoulder breaks. uh, Hits his thumb on a helmet. His thumb like they're. I mean, you cannot blame a player for those things happening, but you have to look at that and go, we cannot continue to allow our seasons to hang in the balance with a player that has proven incapable of staying healthy. Not, And you can't blame him for that. It's just a sad reality. Right. For and whatever reason, like, he gets For hurt. whatever reason, exactly. And like you said the guy that they brought in to replace him has also now been injured three, three. times in two three seasons times. and in that's three games in three. Yeah. And that <laughs> is, and that, that is, that's terrifying. And it, I mean, at this point I've got to assume that Levi stadium is built on some kind of cursed ground or something, because this is not happening anywhere else, right? This is not happening to any other team. No other team is losing their quarterback every single season. And now we've lost two this season. It's bonkers. It's bonkers. Zane, welcome in, bud. How uh how are things and uh what is what are your thoughts on this uh Jimmy Garoppolo injury?
3: Yeah, had a little uh little laptop issue and I wasn't able to do the intro, but you know what? I don't want to do the intro today anyways. I don't want to because I'm sad. I'm very sad. <laughs> you know why I'm sad? Because You're rolling with a seventh round, and look, Brock Purdy had a fantastic game yesterday. He was much better than anybody anticipated. With the first action we saw him against the Chiefs, he did not look good. Like We were like, wow, I'm glad Purdy's not starting. But then yesterday, I was like, wow, I'm glad Purdy's there as as the backup. I don't want to take anything away from Brock Purdy because he did fantastic. That's a really hard role to be in, Mr. Irrelevant. Seventh-round pick, rookie, you've gotten zero first-team reps all season long. You've been inactive for most of the games. It's just a terrible position to be in and he he passed with flying colors so first of all major props to Brock Purdy and Kyle Shanahan as well for putting him in that position Kyle was great yesterday he was fantastic and obviously the defense was you got to but Jimmy Garoppolo so I have a lot to say about this and I'll start with this that it sucks it really sucks because I saw the Super Bowl aspirations that this team had just go poof and everybody will get mad at me and say well you don't know what what Brock Purdy can do look like I said, he is a rookie. He has not he has not started one game in his career, and you're asking him to now next week or this week go up against Tom Brady, and then next week go into Seattle on a short week, and try to basically win the division because that will be I, I assume most likely that will be either Seattle catches you for the division lead if they lose this week, or you lock you locked up that division because you swept Seattle, and you're hopefully going to sweep the Cardinals because the Cardinals are hapless too, but. Every single one of Jimmy's injuries, like you guys have said, like have been on plays where he's trying to get extra yardage. where he's trying to get, get away from people where he's trying to actually do something with it instead of just going down, throwing it away. Right. And that's just how he is. doesn't throw the ball away. doesn't give up on a plate and, and to a fault. That is essentially why I feel like he gets hurt so often. Now, that being said, he was not the plan this year. Trey was the plan, right? And, and a lot of people are going to get mad at Jimmy for being injury prone. And, and while that may be true, this was never the plan to have Jimmy start this year. The plan was to have Trey start. And I'm glad that you guys pointed out that Trey has also been hurt a lot because I don't know what it is about this team or the way they prep or the way they train or the way they eat or the what what how the way they sleep. What, what sleep Drink some milk, sleep. guys. Drink some milk, right? <laughs> Whatever they have. I don't know what it is. But Jimmy Garoppolo was not supposed to be the starting quarterback this year. It was not supposed to be that way. They brought him back because they had to. They had no other choice. They wanted to keep him away from Seattle, and they didn't want anybody else to sign him. They wanted to keep him here, and they were forced to bring him back. And I'd argue that more so than anything, the reason why they moved off of him or want to move off of him and eventually will move off of him is his lack of, of availability and, and not being able to finish seasons because that is crippling to a team. And like I said, this season, honestly, he gets a pass because he was not he was not QB1. It was Trey's team, right? This Trey, Trey was the quarterback. Jimmy was the backup. Your Backup got hurt just like any other backup in the league, right? When a backup gets hurt, it's like, well, they're they're a backup for a reason, right? He was a backup for a reason, it was because he couldn't stay healthy.
1: Okay, so, yeah, I'll buy you that, but he's not a backup quarterback. He's not I a mean, backup
3: quarterback. He he was not supposed to start the season. Like, I mean, it's it's fine if we want to criticize him getting hurt, that's fine. But like that, that that was not the plan all along. Like that that was not the, the he was not and he was not intended to finish the last 15 or 17, 16 games of the season as a starter. That was not the plan, so we can't go in with that expectation. Like, oh well, he's injured again. Well, he wasn't supposed to be starting at all. The reason why we had a season at all is because he was there. The reason why they 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 actually had a chance is because he's he's on the roster. As this season was cooked when Trey was hurt. Otherwise, you're, what you're seeing now happens in week two, and maybe they maybe they can make something of it. Maybe they can't, but. I mean, it's just super frustrating to me to be in the same position, like, again. And I, I the, the Matt Barrows thought that that he put out there is something I've actually started thinking of, too. Like, maybe Kyle's just tired of all this. He's like, man, I'm tired of messing around with unknown players and injured players and all this stuff. Damn it, I'm just going to go get Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers and just be done with it. And I know what I had there. I know they can run my offense. And that's it. And just be done with it. Because for me, as a fan, I'm just, how do you succeed under these circumstances of constant, like, Every year, every year, and it, yeah. it'd be it'd be different if it's another position like a running back or which would, they've also had a lot of churn in. They get hurt too, <laughs> but like it'd be different. Like if you if you if you have like cornerbacks, which they've also been hurt, it'd be different. De- well, defensive lines also been hurt. It'd be different. They've had all the uh, offensive lines also been hurt. So I don't know what it is, guys. Like it's, I've just never seen such weird injury luck for this team. But I feel like Kyle's just had enough, and I I really feel like next year, yeah, Trey's gonna be back, and I think that you know he's gonna have a first crack at it. But he's really going to take a hard look at a veteran, maybe aging quarterback, at, and and maybe look to bring him in. I don't I don't know. That, I don't know what the solution. But is that playing. doesn't
2: solve the problem. That does not solve the problem. Tom Brady's going to play for one more season. Aaron Rodgers exactly. is going to play for one or two more seasons. So that doesn't solve Kyle's problem at all. So I I get that, and and I'm not. I I would imagine that that probably is on the table but let's not kid ourselves that that solves the problem that solves our problem next season maybe the but, season I mean, after but and the issue but, with and the issue with Rodgers is that massive contract like they can't well, they can't fit that and so Brady yeah. makes more sense cuz he's going to be a free agent but i mean again you're talking about a 40 what 41 40, 42 40, 40 at that 40. point oh bro, like, Brady, that doesn't Robbie. solve the problem it solves next year's problem yeah, so we're going to continue to kick the can old. down the road Right. But so
3: my response to that is that, look, man, like if if Kyle doesn't figure this out, like and win a Super Bowl within the next three years, he's gone anyways. He's gone like this is look, Debo signed. Debo has a three year deal. Kittle has he signed his extension last year was what four years. He's got three to four years left on his deal. Right. The Bosa extension. We're going to see how much of that is. Trey's got three years left on his deal as well. Like this is this is a three year window for them. If they don't get it done within three years, they're gonna blow this thing up because then all of your stars are also aging too. Kittle, Warner, Bosa—all these guys are gonna be either over thirty or close to thirty years old, right at the back end of their careers. So, it is a three-year window. They got to win one, and if Kyle doesn't, and it's not his fault, like I said, like this is not his fault. This sucks. I've never seen a, a team with two starting quarterbacks or caliber quarterbacks go down you're onto your your third-string practice squad quarterback. I've never seen that. But the reality is, is that if he can't get it done within the, within the next three years, he's gone anyways. So they have to make some sort of move at quarterback.
1: Well, have I think to, it depends and they- on circumstance, though. I mean, if he has three more years and they're really competitive and they're really good, then he may get. You know, he may be able to get a chance with another QB or, or to see the next window. But right now, you're right in the sense that yeah, this window they probably have about three years with with this team and this window with Trent Williams and things like that. So mm-hmm. to the point, do they say? And I, I and I'm, I want to get on this Brock Purdy train really quick too because because we love Brock, what Brock did. But no, in reality, do they say to themselves, you know what? Trey may or may not be ready. We have this window. I don't. We have Bosa anyway for another two years. But, but when did they really have to do anything with, with, with Bosa? Probably after next year, right?
2: They have to do yes. it this year. This they have year. to do it to after, after the season. That may, that
1: may that may take it right out because they got to pay him thirty million, right? So <laughs> when you're doing that, that may take anything out. But maybe they do try to get a vet in. Or if they could get a Brady or Rodgers at a team friendly deal, I don't think Rodgers that's going to happen. Brady, maybe, maybe Brady would take an incentive thing for a year. I don't know. Um, but yeah, if they have to do both of this year, let, how
2: do you, how do you uh, let me they don't have to, right? They've they've already, he has his fifth year next year, so yeah. technically it's well. after next year. But yeah. I, I mean, if you're Nick Bosa, are you playing on that fifth year option? Right. Yeah, no, or I can't. absolutely without yeah. it with, with the you're injury be, luck of this team. No yeah. way, <laughs> yeah,
1: no way. <laughs> I knew what you were saying,
2: but so has any other team, I can't even
1: think of another team. I mean, Andrew Luck played seven games in 2015. He missed 2017. I don't know. Sam Bradford got hurt a lot. I can't even think of another team that's been through anything like this. Three out of five years where you lose your QB. And you said, I think, Brian, I think you said it. You look around the league, Matt Ryan played like never missed a game. Russell Mm -hmm. Wilson's never missing a game. Brady got hurt the one season, but he's pretty much been healthy for, 22 right. freaking years right. you know like like this doesn't happen this doesn't happen you'll have a season here and there where all oh, i lost their they lost their qb it sucks then it doesn't happen it's usually one year that something mm-hmm. fluky like that happens they protect quarterbacks in this league now for to avoid this and with the niners it's every freaking year mm-hmm. like you can't make it up kyle shannon has had three had to go to three qbs now in what four of his six years He's had three yeah. QBs. Yeah. 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 Two thousand seventeen. 18, 2017, 20, twenty twenty this year. Twenty. That, that yeah. is absolutely it's it's mind boggling that, that you could even do that. Like
2: yeah. And B and and not only that, but he now has a, a a winning record as a head coach, having gone through that four of the five seasons that he or uh, sorry, four of the six seasons that he's now coached. Which is pretty um, impressive. That's that that's is impressive. that's incredibly impressive. That's that's yeah. a feather in his cap, but yeah. but yeah, and, and so I'll, i I <laughs> I agree with you. It's time to rock with Brock, right? You Let's know, that's go, where baby. we're at. We have that's no choice. We have and choice? so we uh, <laughs> right, we have no choice. And well, you know, we and, might and, we'll, we'll get into that too, because I know how I, much Brian yeah.
1: looks breaker mayfield, so oh god.
2: <laughs> <laughs> So that's the thing. That's the thing, right? So so here's where we're at as, as, as a team in terms of quarterbacks. The 49ers have Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, picked 262 in this past season's draft. Let's not forget, rookie quarterback, never started a game in the NFL. And they signed Josh Johnson off of the Denver Broncos practice squad, which means that he has to be on the 53 man for three games, right? So Bucks, Seahawks, Commanders. This morning, Baker Mayfield was released by the Carolina Panthers, which means that he's now uh, he's now on waivers, which means that any team can claim him, any team can put a claim in, and the team with the highest waiver priority wins. I about lost my mind this morning when I saw people saying Baker Mayfield to the 49ers. I was convinced based on the idea that you know he would come in as QB2, uh to at least have a, a little you know i i guess better than josh johnson i'm not positive um but here's here's the reality that that i think is going to happen the the 49ers are 24th in waiver priority mm-hmm. the seattle seahawks are above them in waiver priority the washington commanders and the new york giants are above them in waiver priority the Packers who are still vying for a a playoff spot are above them in, in waiver priority. There are a handful of teams that easily could block Baker Mayfield from going to the 49ers and all it would cost them is $1.4 million and a spot on their 53 man roster. I I don't think that he, I don't think the 49ers are going to get the opportunity to claim him because if you're smart, you block it. Like why, why Mm -hmm. allow the 49ers to get a player that could help them especially again, if you're the Seahawks and you thought about bringing him in in the offseason anyway. So I, I don't I don't think there's any way that he gets to the 49ers. I don't have a problem with it. If he does as QB two, uh, he played in that Stefanski system. He would know the offense. The verbiage is going to be very, very similar. And he's really good on play action. And And that's one of the things I wanted to talk about with Brock as we get into it a little bit more. But yeah, it's it like you said, Al, it's time to rock with Brock and because that's what we've got. And so, you know, let's, let's start to look at the positives because there were a lot, there were a lot on Sunday. I was very impressed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And real quick on on Mayfield, I taking a flyer as a QB to 110% I would do it just because you don't have anybody. I don't think they're going to win games with Josh Johnson. You don't have any, I know Mm -hmm. Baker was awful in Carolina, but he wasn't two years ago when he was healthy in Cleveland or maybe it was three years ago, whatever it was the year before 2009. 2020, 2020 when they made the playoffs. Yeah. So he was decent that year. And then the year after he played hurt, and this year has been a disaster for him, but the talents there, like you said, he's played in a similar system, bringing him in as a flyer and seeing what Kyle do, can do with him. If God forbid disaster strikes a third time or Purdy, you know, we'll get into it a little bit, but he's going, we're going to find out about him in the next few weeks. I would do it in a heartbeat. But one thing Zane, and then I'll let you make your point too. Like wanted to point out, I read this in Peter King's article today and when I was watching Purdy I, I was so impressed with the poise that he had and that yes. he really did look, mm-hmm. like a, yeah. look like a vet out there. Mm-hmm. And it was in Peter King's article, the, the third and 10 play where he hits Kittle over Incredible. the middle with mm-hmm. with the blitz. And at yeah. the start, i went reading Peter's article here because they said it better than I can. At the start of the play, eight Dolphins crowded the line, a clear sign that they would pressure Purdy heavily at the snap. On the sideline, Shanahan prayed that Purdy would recognize the blitz and call for an adjustment to tight end George Kittle's route. He was the primary receiver on the play, but now the correct read was for an adjustment so that Kittle would cut off his post route a bit shorter, enough to make the first down, but not enough for a huge gain. Shanahan said we had to do something quicker because we knew we weren't going to have the time. It was about 80 minutes after the game now in the locker room was empty and King talked to Shanahan and he said he thought that was Purdy's play of the game. Um, King said this to Shanahan and Shanahan said I did too especially with what they were doing to us. They were coming after Brock and doing a good job of taking our quick throws away. This was a huge job of Brock signaling something to change her out for Kittle. This is a seventh round draft pick. The last pick of the draft doing a play like that on the first on in his first start and Purdy threw that pass in 1.72 seconds in the NFL. This season only five times in 13 weeks had a quarterback completed a pass of at least 10 yards in 1.27 seconds or less. So that was an impressive thing, and the other thing that stood out to me is that Kyle let him throw 37 times in a game where they were ahead, Mm -hmm. like they were they were losing. And I went back Mm -hmm. and looked; I was curious. And Jimmy's done it in 11 starts. Jimmy's done it 55 times, and they're six and five. I'm sorry, in 55 starts, Jimmy's done it 11 times.
2: There it is. (laughs) Uh, There it is.
1: There it is, Al. And um, the Niners are six and five in those starts. So Jimmy hasn't done it a ton. He did do it last week against New Orleans, and two more times this year. It was two times, three times in 2021, three times this year, three times in 2019 and twice in his first year with the Niners in 2017. So he hasn't done it a ton. So saying that he did that with Brock says a lot that Shanahan trusted what he saw. And listen, the only mistake wasn't even a mistake. It was just a fourth down throw that he just, just threw it up there. So arguably to...
2: I would say Xavier and Howard made the bigger mistake. He shouldn't have, he should have just Knocked batted it down. that past down. Down. That... 25 yards of, of field position. <laughs> and so I love that. Fast. I love just that. Like Brock, I like, tried yeah. that. Like, it's just such a smart mm-hmm. thing.
3: Yeah. We, we, it's funny. We,
2: we look at so many
3: times in the game. I'll look at that same situation. It's fourth and five or six or something like that. And they're out of field goal range. I'm like, you know what? Just throw it towards the end zone. And those defensive backs are probably going to try to pick that off. And yeah, you'll, yeah. you'll gain. It's almost like a punt. And that's essentially what it was. It was like a it was like a punt, it's an you arm punt in a lot of ways. So really, veteran move from a from your seventh round rookie, from Mister Irrelevant, who I think at the end of the year will probably be Mister Relevant in one way or not- one way or another. He'll be relevant. For I think sure. he already is. Yeah, but back to the oh, Baker Mayfield yeah. thing. I am with Al. I think that you make that deal ten out of ten times to be the backup. I know a lot of people are are misconstruing this and conflating in the idea of bringing Baker Mayfield in and saying that oh he should come in as a starter. That's not that's not the idea. At least for me. Josh Johnson has started nine games in his career. He's 35 years old. You're not winning anything with Josh Johnson. The The argument for Josh Johnson is that he's familiar with the system. We, we've known him from the Harbaugh days, from going coming in and out, like every week, like, hey, oh, hey, Josh Johnson was signed this week. Oh, he was cut the next week, right? Like he, that revolving door. But
2: what is it the, with the 49ers and players with the last name of Johnson? Dante and Josh just, living, down. just living on the roster.
3: So, <laughs> so is – so, uh, so if Dante is the barnacle, what is Josh like? The, oh man, that's a good one. We gotta is, think is about it, that like one. The, like the coral, the the, the coral reef. I, <laughs> there you go. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> but, but the the idea behind—I know a lot of people don't like Baker Mayfield, and that's kind of clouding a lot of people's judgment in terms of Baker Mayfield the person and how he can be an abrasive personality in, in some circumstances. But look, we were talking about bringing on Indama and Sue a few weeks ago, and that guy admittedly quit in Miami. And Admittedly, was a locker room trouble like he was trouble in locker room in Miami, right? And we talked about how this locker room is strong and, and has leaders in it and, and, and yeah. all that stuff. So I would love to see Baker Mayfield here just for that insurance. Because look, you had two quarterbacks go down already. You have another one who, who hasn't played at this level may not know how to protect himself at this level as a result, and he may totally stink, and you may need you may need just a win to get in the playoffs, and he be. If he throws up three or four duds in a row and you need to win a game somehow, you never know. And the final thing that I'll say about this is, is there may be teams to your point, Brian, that may just block the Niners on this. If if they're on the schedule, like Washington, Seattle, for example, they're on the schedule. They could just block the Niners and be like, you know what? We don't want to see him. We don't even want to give you that option of playing him. You're going to start your seventh round rookie and you're going to, you're going to play us. You're not going to, you're not going to have any insurance policy and we're going to block you from that. I don't know what their 53-man rosters are for those specific teams. I don't know what their situations are, if they have room for him. But I think that that's very possible as well, that he, he doesn't make it. I wouldn't make that deal 10 out of 10 times, though. Um, but to your point, Al, about Brock Purdy, and, and Brian, about Brock Purdy, uh, just a lot of really veteran leadership that you don't expect to see out of him. He had a great sophomore year in college. He had a really, really good sophomore year. And if he came out after that year, he definitely would have been drafted higher. His junior season, senior seasons weren't weren't as good. So they they pushed down his draft stock, and he's he's not he's he's kind of slight for a quarterback. He's just over six feet and two hundred pounds, which Steve Young was also like that too, right? But nowadays you want to look for guys who look more like Trey Lance, right? And and that's the prototype. So that the, the throw to me that he made that was the most impressive besides the Kittle throw, it was a third down and the Niners were uh, close to the red zone, and and it was a, a third down and short, and he had Christian McCaffrey on just like a choice route, and he hit McCaffrey. And it was like just like a, a timing throw, just through a really tight window. McCaffrey caught it, and then he got stripped. It was not a fumble; it was incomplete. I don't know if you guys remember that play, yeah. but it was just such he, a good throw. And to me, those are the two best throws that he made all game. And that's like a those are like veteran level throws. You don't expect to see that out of a rookie.
2: The one thing that I thought was surprising, and and I think, <clears throat> speaks to Brock Purdy's ability to succeed in this offense. And not only that, but really the offense that Kyle Shanahan wants to run. I, I didn't realize it until I saw more of it in this game with Brock Purdy. There's been very little play action with Jimmy Garoppolo this season. Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't like to run play action. He doesn't like to turn his back to the defense and he likes to play out of shotgun. And so Kyle Mm -hmm. Shanahan has acquiesced to that. And he has kind of designed his offense around that. And if you notice Like even, even Mike McDaniel, Mike McDaniel has figured out how to do play action from shotgun with Tua because Tua is more comfortable in shotgun as well for the same reason. Well, maybe not for the same reason, but Tua's reason is he's short and he needs that extra room in order to see over the line. Um, There was a lot more play action with Brock Purdy, a lot more under center with Brock Purdy. And so Mm -hmm. there's a part of me that thinks, Hey, maybe for Kyle Shanahan, he's going to be able to start running some of the offense that that we haven't seen in a while because it's not what Jimmy's comfortable with. And it's part of why they drafted Trey Lance because he was comfortable under center, comfortable with play action, comfortable turning his back to the defense. Lots of quarterbacks aren't. Aaron Rodgers hates it. Aaron Rodgers hates play action. He doesn't want to turn his back to the defense. And so you've got to have players that are going to buy in for, with play action, otherwise you're not going to get it. So I'm wondering if we're actually going to start seeing a little bit more of that play action heavy type offense from Kyle Shanahan which could th- could really kind of bring this offense back to those 2019 levels which were pretty outstanding. And so that I think is what I'm most interested in seeing with 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 Purdy is can he maintain that seemingly veteran poise that he had, right? Which comes with, you know, it, it does come with I think he had 50 plus starts at a, a, in at a power five school. Not that Iowa State is a football, you know, powerhouse, but still a power five conference still playing Mm -hmm. in the big 12, uh, 55 starts is nothing to sneeze at, but also 55 starts doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to succeed in the NFL, but I don't think the game rattled him, which is great. The one, the one concern I have is if we go back to week two, Jimmy Garoppolo came in lights out, blew out the blew out the Seahawks. Mm -hmm. And then when was, what was the next game? The denver yeah. game. that was the denver game, denver game yeah. right now brock purdy comes in lights out blows out the the dolphins what's the next game It's against a good defense in tampa bay yep. and a good defensive coordinator in todd bulls so there's a part of me that's like i'm gonna rock with brock and i'm excited but i'm gonna i'm gonna temper my expectations a little bit for next week just because of what happened earlier this season but Purdy doesn't have a strong arm, but he's got, he can put zip on the ball, which is nice. And he's, he's, he's fearless. I think he's, I think he's got a little bit of a gunslinger mentality. I saw a video of him on the timeline from Iowa state where he's, he's running a bootleg gets tripped up by a defender, literally lunges forward and, and arguably six inches above the ground, sidearms a ball out. Right. And does, I think it's incomplete, but that's the kind, of, and that's the other thing is he's a little bit more athletic than Jimmy Garoppolo. We saw more bootlegs with 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 Brock Purdy, and so I, I think I think Kyle Shanahan knows how to call an offense for a quarterback like this. The question is, is he going to be able to maintain that poise, maintain that? Um, I, I would say the the football IQ plays that we saw on Sunday, and 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 I, hey, if he does, I, I think they're going to be okay. Yeah, but like you
1: said, we've seen a million. And look, I loved what he did. I loved it. I, I was, see, it's a great story. Great story. Played terrific. Yeah. But we've seen how many times when a backup comes in and they look great, and then the next week it's a disaster because there's Nick film. Mullins. Right, right. Nick Mullins looked like Hall of Famers first start. Like he was phenomenal at first start against the Raiders. But like, eventually there's film on you. A team's going to pre- prepare for you now. Tampa Bay got a really good defense, and then you got to go to Seattle. Like I said, we're going to find out a lot about him over the next two two to three weeks. And the Niners are in a spot, two guys, where they, they they can't let the season go to waste. So no. you are going to be in a spot, and I guess we'll get more into this as, as we see what happens. But if they do maybe win one in the next two, or God forbid, lose the next two, and he looks lost, they have to do something, something. Mm-hmm. I don't know where it's going to be. I don't know if it'll be Baker Mayfield. I don't know if they're going to call Philip Rivers. You know, I don't know what they're going to do, but they have to do Ryan Fitzpatrick. You cannot let this. Ryan, seriously, like anybody, just any of those guys, um, you can't let this season go, go away. You just can't. The defense is too good. You have you have maybe an all time forty nine er defense this year. You cannot let the season go go to waste, and it, it pisses me off so much that we're having this conversation about a quarterback again, again being hurt. I'm getting angry now that I'm talking about it, but. They can't do it. So I'm going to be really interested to see what happens over the next few weeks. I hope they're not stubborn. I hope they take a swing if they have to, but I think somebody brought up and I don't remember who it was, but they said if the team does sign Baker Mayfield, right? Let's say the Colts do for argument's sake, maybe they cut Nick Foles and then you go get Nick Foles. Mm-hmm. Like I really feel that way. I don't remember who said it. I'd give him credit, but I read it and I was like, yeah, that, absolutely. Um, If, if Seahawks didn't, they, they cut drew lock. I'd get drew lock. You just need yeah. somebody behind him. Who's, somewhat of an nfl bet to to help because if, yeah. if, if he goes down or he can't play we can go to josh johnson jacob beeson you know you're screwed so mm-hmm. they, they got to figure something out they cannot let the season go go by the wayside they just can't
2: yeah if and, rock purdy goes down with injury i at that point i'm just like you guys let's pack it up let's go home that's it yeah let's that's forfeit it and the rest like come on like what? At that point it's like what do we do what do we do of, what of do we, we do clara.
1: you move out of santa clara you i don't care where oh you play you Play at a, at a, at a Wee football place somewhere you move out of you get out of that stadium because it's cursed get out it's like it poltergeist. Feels that way. just just it just feels pack way. up and get out man
3: there's two curses by the way so um you guys follow the account random 49ers on, on Twitter? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Maybe. They often post like things from the past and, and and like old, old school stuff like that. So they talked about the logo being changed from uh, the, what it is now um, to what it is now from what it was in 95. Uh, and We all remember that because we're, we're old farts. But mm-hmm. that's the other curse is the logo. They haven't won a single Super Bowl since so they changed the logo. The uniforms are, are kind of looking like they used to, and that's helping. But, yeah, that old – that that new logo is not working. And they they got the saloon font back and, and you know now I just change the logo back. That's it, right? But Brock Purdy, if he goes down, I, I'm with you. That's it, man. But there's there's nothing left. Like that's unless you unless you have a, a veteran. And that's why I wanted them to sign Bacon Mayfield or a potential Nick Folds or whoever it is. Because then at that Somebody. point, at least you still have a shot. You have a punchers' mm-hmm. chance. But I mean, I think that there's uh, the unfortunate reality is that, like you said, Al, once once guys get film on you, once teams have a chance to prep like this was like done mid flight where the dolphins didn't really have a chance to even prep for Brock pretty as weird as that sounds, but like they didn't have a chance mm. to, they were expecting Jimmy. They didn't have a chance to see like uh, they didn't expect a rookie to be thrown 37 times in a game and they expected a much more conservative game plan. So maybe they got caught off guard. Plus the defense, which we, I don't think we've even talked about yet is, is just lights out the best defense I've ever seen from this team. Now, that being said, I think there's a very good chance that you're going into Seattle with a chance for Seattle to be catching you for the division. I think there's a very good chance of that because I don't know if you're beating Tom Brady here. And I don't know if you're beating Seattle in Seattle on a short week. And that's not to say that they can't do it, but the deck, the deck is absolutely stacked against them. Their favorites, I believe, this week against the the, the Buccaneers, three it's points three, three points, which is
1: third string too big.
3: But you get three. you get you get three and a half for being at home, right? So you technically, like you get three, you get three for being at Normally, home. So yeah. really, it's just home field advantage. You should that's le- lose one But that's the thing. You're down. So <laughs> say,
2: <laughs> you become, right? You know, like, you're <laughs> right. Like, you're right, Zane. They get you get three points for home field advantage, but the fact that the 49ers are are favored by 3 means that what vegas is saying is on a neutral field it's still a pickem between a pick the bucks yeah. and the 49ers when the 49ers are starting Brock Purdy and the bucks are starting Tom Brady who Brock Purdy already said that dude's been playing football longer than i've been alive that's insane bonkers. you know
1: you know what scares bonkers. me though guys is is they cannot run the ball right now no the they cannot So if you look, McCaffrey's been phenomenal catching the ball. I mean, Mm -hmm. dudes dudes changed the whole offense catching the ball, but he is not running the ball well Mm -hmm. at all. So he had under three yards per carry. So two of the last three games, he's been under three yards per carry, 14 for 38, then he had seven for 39 and 11 for 32. And in this game as well, he was not, he wasn't getting anything. It looked like Kevin Barlow running into the line and falling after two yards every single time. He then he had the run at the end where they pitched it and he cut back, he sort of reverse field and he hit it for thirty yards. But other than that run, he was seventeen for sixty six overall. He was six, so he was sixteen for thirty six. Other than that run, he didn't do anything on the ground.
2: Jordan you know, Mason did, did. yeah, He yeah. carries fifty one <laughs> yards. And
1: he has that Eliza Mitchell kind of explosive, tough running. They but is Kyle going to Kyle's got to use him enough? of yeah, Debo, yeah. Debo, everybody's on to Debo. If Debo against. Four carries five yards. It's over once in a while, mm-hmm. catch them off guard, do something funky. But Debo in the backfield running up the middle. No, it's over. It's over. Like teams are on it. If they can't get that part of their game together, they're screwed. Because again, as good as Purdy did, eventually teams are going to get the film on them. And if they have to pass like that, because they couldn't really run the ball. So mm-hmm. if you can't do that against Miami, you're not doing it against Tampa, Tampa, you can't run on them anyway. So that worries the hell out of me moving forward as we look to see, like, can this team actually keep winning games? Yeah, the defense, we know, but they do have to get to 20 points. And if it can't run and you're relying on Purdy, it could get ugly. And that scares me a little bit.
2: Christian McCaffrey yeah. is not an inside the tackles runner. No. And and they no, keep they keep trying to make him one. And that's what I don't understand. That's yeah. the weird part to me. And so... I agree, Al. He's not effective between the tackles. He's effective on the outside, but I think part of it is teams are geared up to stop that outside zone. And so Kyle's like, all right, well, if you're going to stop that, then I'm going to run between the tackles. Well, they're not, they're not, Chris McAvery's not effective at that. They're also not effectively blocking those runs either. But, but then you look at it and you go, but Jordan Mason averaged 6.7 yards a carry between the tackles on mm-hmm. Sunday. So mm-hmm. maybe they are blocking him up and it really is just a matter of Christian McCaffrey not being that runner. But the problem is is you can't take you don't want to take McCaffrey off the field, but you also don't want to tip your hand and say, "All right, if McCaffrey's on the field, they're going outside. If Mason's on the field, they're going inside." But then you lose all tactical advantage. So I think he's still trying to figure out a little bit like how do I how do I get this running game going knowing that you know, I've got this guy that, that isn't going to run that. And um, I know a lot of people don't like him. Grant Cohn made a great point last night. Uh, Christian McCaffrey's best rushing performance as a pro came with Cam Newton when they were running the read option. That's where McCaffrey is going to excel. And he's going to excel as a pass catcher, but as a, just a straight up line up in the eye and run between the tackles. He's not, he's not a good, he's not good at that. I'm not going to say he's not a good running back. He's not good at that. He's good at a lot of other things. He's not good at that. So you really got to start leaning on guys like Jordan Mason and and allowing them a little bit more run to see, you know, to see what they can do, because he looked awesome on Sunday. I loved the way he he ran. Um, And not only that, but there was a there was a play where a hole kind of looked like it closed up and he got real skinny, got through the hole Mm -hmm. and then boom, that burst. And so I loved I loved what Jordan Mason had to do. But here's the thing, because I don't wanna I don't wanna I don't wanna get out of I don't want to get out of this episode, right? And we're starting to come up against it in, in terms of time. I really don't want to get out of this episode without giving the flowers to the defense because ultimately all of this talk, all of this talk, we can have it. If if we're another team, if we're the dolphins and Tua goes down, you're like, well, we're done. We're literally mm-hmm. done, right? They went zero and three with Bridgewater and Skylar Thompson. We're done. But the 49ers, we can talk about QB three, and we could talk about winning games because this defense is out of this world. Good out of this world. Good. And I want to highlight this one thing, and and then I'll let you guys run with it. Um, But walking back to the car and then sitting in the parking lot because you can't get out of there. Uh, on time at Levi's it's it's it is awful but sitting there the 49ers doubled up the Dolphins in time of possession 40 minutes and 34 seconds to 19 minutes and 28 seconds the Dolphins gained 120 yards on the Sherfield and Hill touchdowns a 75 yard touchdown to open the game for Trent for Trent Sherfield, and then a 40 uh, 45 yard touchdown to, to Tyree Hill at the beginning of the fourth quarter Outside of those two plays, the Dolphins, the number one offense in DVOA, gained 188 yards on 39 plays for a 4.8-yard-per-play average. This defense is freaking incredible, and they're just so fun to watch. And ultimately, on Sunday, it was because, in my opinion, two players, Nick Bosa defensive player of the year got three sacks in that game which matched his total from november when he was defensive player of the month Mm -hmm. leads the league in sacks now with 14 and a half leads the league in pressures leads the league in uh pass rush win rate and there's another one i can't remember or pass rush productivity
1: qb hits too
2: qb hits there it is and then fred warner who quite literally is the reason why this offense works Fred Warner erases the middle of the field for any offense and that's mm-hmm. what the Dolphins live on just like the 49ers they live on the middle they live in the middle of the field and Fred Warner effectively ended that for them on Sunday and I cannot talk enough about how impressive this defense is and how impressive those two players are
1: and I could talk about Bosa for 45 minutes. Uh, that guy's unbelievable. Also, second in the league in tackles for loss. But I also thought Dre Greenlaw, his coverage on Mike Gesicki at the end there, yes. because if, if Gesicki brings that in, there was a little momentum there for Miami, and you never know mm-hmm. what could happen. It was one score game at that point, point. and he makes Gesicki couldn't come down with it. Greenlaw had great coverage, and, and Greenlaw is just you know is Johnny on the spot with the fumble. He scores his touchdown. Greenlaw and Warner are probably the best linebacker duo duo in the NFL. And that front seven Aziz is two. great. Aziz yeah, is yeah, dad, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's great. Yeah. And that front seven had two shook. And I thought mm-hmm. there were some maybe some open receivers there. I mean, I, I didn't, I haven't watched. There were open receivers
2: everywhere. Al, it looked to me yeah, <laughs> they were everywhere.
1: Like, like there were places to go, and he couldn't get yeah. in the ball because he was shook. Until yeah. the end, he kind of got it going a little bit for for a little while, but then he looked shook again because that's what that team does to you. You some of, these te- some of these teams now, they're stepping on the field, and right away, the Niners have an advantage because they're intimidated. They're mm-hmm. intimidated by that defense. They're intimidated by Nick Bosa. They're intimidated by the defensive line. Like you said, you have Fred Warner taking away the middle of the field. It's it's intimidating, so even if there, there may be some issues in the secondary without Mosley, will a better quarterback take advantage of those? Well, we saw Mahomes did, so maybe we'll see, but that front seven, for the most part, is going to dominate, and they have, and all this team has to do is get 20 points, and yeah, we could all the people who make plays but bosa Greenlaw, warner these guys are phenomenal armstead had a couple you know things that may have not shown up on the stat sheet but he made some plays
2: jimmy yeah he, ward was, would pick. he was only in mm-hmm. on 21 and made it made a big a big impact he was yeah you know to say armstead was largely responsible for that jimmy ward pick because yep. he beat his man and Tua had to throw sooner than he wanted to
1: yep so yeah can't can't say enough on the on the defense and, and they're going to have to carry the load the rest of the way they already have been but even more so
3: it was one of the best defensive performances that we have seen all season from any team, from any team. It was that impressive. They were soul crushing. And uh, the 49ers linebacking unit, there's one, there was some reporter that, that mentioned uh, a nickname about them. They're like there's flying banshees from hell is what he is, what he called them the, Those three linebackers and Fred Warner is absolutely the best linebacker in the league right now. He has, he has surpassed what Bobby Wagner was. He has surpassed Darius Leonard. He is the best linebacker in the league right now. Nick Bosa is the best pass rusher in the league run. He has surpassed Micah Parsons in that department. So when you have guys in the front, on the front seven that are the, at the best of their position, multiple guys, this is what you have. This is what happens. There was never any doubt. When the Niners went up by nine points, there was never any doubt in my mind. I'm like, all right, defense is going to seal this up. And to have that confidence as a fan looking at your defense is huge. And I can only imagine how Kyle feels. The job, I am so sad. That we only get D'Amico Rines for a couple more months before he leaves. Mm-hmm. I'm so yeah, sad because yeah, yeah. he has done that. If there were ever an assistant of the year job, like award, he would get that. There because are. Because he has done such a fantastic job with that defense at every level, despite injuries, despite all of the attrition that they've had, despite guys leaving. No, it doesn't matter. Nothing affects them. So I'm glad. I'm glad that we have the defense to fall back on. It is because of them that the Niners have a chance. It's still. Doing some damage in the playoffs. It is solely because of them. And I said that, like, well, they, they, the Seattle Seahawks may catch some in the next couple of weeks. It is because of the Niners defense that they may not. Otherwise, they would be screwed. With a third string quarterback, they would be absolutely screwed. Doesn't matter how good Brock Purdy is. If you don't have a defense, it doesn't matter. All the other quarterbacks that they've started in all the other three years prior to this, where Kyle's used the entire QB room, they have never had a defense. They've always been either injured or they haven't had a roster. So this is the first time Kyle has a defense. Next to his third-string quarterback, so we'll have to see what happens.
2: Offense sells, t- offense sells tickets. Defense wins championships.
1: Yep, there you go. We're gonna find out. All right, guys, it's never, it's never boring with this freaking team. It's never boring. So we'll be never. back. Thir- we'll be back Thursday. Uh, We're another collab pod with our buddy John Chapman going to be on. Talk Niners with us. Talk about the Buccaneers game and God knows what else will happen between now and Thursday because it's 49ers. Could be anything. So. Uh, tune into the hat for Brian and Zane. This is out. Peace. 9 One, two, three. 3! 2400
3: Sports is an Odyssey company.